to say welcome. You know, how many of you guys were wrecked during worship? I know I was. I was like crying, bawling my eyes out, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I gotta go up and preach. Like I naturally have puffy eyes already. Like when I go outside and it's too hot, like I get sunburned in my eyelids. It's because it's like puffy. So I was just like, oh man, but it was just so good. So thank you so much, um, Darius and Kisaya. Um, so today, uh, I just want to go through Romans 12. So if you can just take out your Bibles and then just follow along with me as I read. Um, I'll actually be reading from the NLT version. Does anyone here have the NLT version Bible? No, right? I feel like I've never seen it before. But I just copied this, copied this from a Bible Gateway or something like that. So I'll just read it out loud. Um, it might take a little bit of time, but um, I think it's worth it. So, all right, just to dive in. So Romans 12, NLT. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies uh, have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness for others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Uh, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring uh, each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Yeah, man, I, I feel like that's so good already. Um, I don't even want to preach because I feel like I'm just going to ruin it. But since you guys are here, I'll just ruin it for you guys. Uh, but before I go into uh, the message, let me just pray real quick. And then uh, we'll just jump right into it. But God, um, God, we just thank you that you're here already, that you're moving, 
that you're touching hearts, that people are encountering you tonight. Um, And God, I just pray in this moment, I just ask for your anointing, uh, for the authority. Um, And God, I just pray for uh, just the confidence that comes from you more than anything. And um, just help me to be able to deliver what you're doing in me, what you're speaking to me um, in, in a way that's just easy to understand and digestible. But at the same time, Um, I just pray that it leads to breakthrough in everyone's lives here today. Um, God, we love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, figuring out, you know, who I am, you know, what I'm supposed to do for God, things like that, has always been, like, a struggle for me. Does anyone else here struggle with that? Like, three of us here? Okay, great. So, that's a great message for all of you here, then. Um, there are days where I literally feel like, you know, I'm, I'm at the peak of the world. Like, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what to do. I know who I am. I know who I'm supposed to reach. I know how to reach them. And I know when all this is going to pan out. But then there are also days where I'm like, oh, man, like, who am I? Like, oh, when I was in third grade, like, that's who I really was, the third grade version of me. Like, why did my parents move around so much and then make me socially awkward and then lose who I am in my identity? And then there are times where I'm like, man, I was so naturally gifted at speaking when I was five years old. Because my aunt and uncle would always tell me, like, Kevin, you were like, like the main show whenever we had family gatherings. Like, everyone would watch you, like, talk about nothing, and you would just talk so much. And it's probably because, like, they felt bad for me that I was moving to America next week, but then I didn't know about it. <laughs> so, so that's probably why. But there are literally days where I'm just, you know, on a roller coaster where it feels like I'm on top of the world. And then there are days where I just have no idea who I am. And you know, after wrestling with this for years and going through many different seasons, um, I finally feel like I, I've, I've just come to uh, pretty much accept that I still don't really know. I mean, you guys probably thought that I was going to say, like, I figured it out. I have a solution, and I'll give it to you right now. But I'm still channeling in my, my five-year-old self right now, just replaying my highlights. So. So that's where I'm at still, and it, I mean, it's really not that bad. I'm, you know, through this journey, God has shown me so much about you know, who he's made me to be, and I think one of the things that I'm actually coming to accept is it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know who I am right now in my 28-year-old self, and what he's teaching me is, the, the kind of person that I am, but then more importantly, the kind of person that I'm not. And, and I think that's something that um, we just kind of throw out the window. Like we, we just want to focus on like, like working on our weaknesses. We just want to focus on like, like what are we bad at and just like trying to like get better, become well-rounded and all those things. But I actually feel like it's really freeing when you come to a point where you're just honest with yourself and you're just able to say, you know, I'm not that person, but that's totally okay. That's the way that God made me. And I feel like that's just the theme of, like, what tonight has been. Um, it's funny because we were downstairs, and then we were just eating Chipotle, hanging out. And then PCM said this quote. He said, good is overrated. <laughs> Wait, what was the next part? about <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I like sincere. Good is overrated. I like sincere. And so I just want to say, maybe my message today won't be good, but it'll be sincere. (laughs) So 
uh, I'll just start with that. Um, but yeah, so God these days, you know, he's just bringing me to be really honest with myself. And I think that's just, it's honestly wrecking me. And I think that's like what was wrecking me during worship too, because I'm like, man, God, like there are so many parts of me that I haven't been, you know, giving attention to because I feel like you don't want it. Because I feel like it's actually something that is very lacking and I'm not ready to give it to you. Um, but I feel like he's just bringing me to a place to just be honest. And I'm not saying, you know, being honest, like, like in the sense when, you know, you're roasting your friends and you're saying, like, hey, man, like, to be honest with you, like, dot, 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 fill in the blank. And I know everyone thought of something and someone right now. Right? No? Well, God knows, so, so don't lie. Okay. Um, but I'm just getting to a place where I'm really okay with not knowing my identity, where I'm going with my career, spirituality, things like that. And, um, and I'm just becoming a, you know, more okay with just being honest about who I am and more often who I'm not. And I just want to break it to you now in case you're wondering. Uh, I'm not the best speaker at Pursuit. Yeah, I'm top five for sure. <laughs> but we only have three in our leadership team right now. So. <laughs> and so, and, but that's just who I am. You know, like, and I'm okay with that now at this point. I think there are so many times, it's so funny you mentioned Dave Chappelle because he's like my favorite like, comedian. He's my favorite celebrity. If there's one person that I wanted to meet, it would, it would literally be Dave Chappelle. And Anne knows that too. And it's funny because I was like, man, I wish I could just like, talk like him. Where he's just like on the stage, like so relaxed, and just like everyone's attention is there, and then be able to deliver like a punchline out of nowhere. But I'm just not Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you know, I'm Kevin Kim. Like, I don't look anything like him. I don't have the voice that he has, and, and that's okay. And I'm just coming to a place where I understand I would just prefer one on ones, you know, smaller groups. And to be honest, like, there are times where I can barely go through conversations in smaller groups where my voice like doesn't crack. And so, like, it's funny, like, I'm 28 years old, like, my voice should not be cracking, so if anyone knows why that happens, like, please let me know. Um, but I'm learning to be totally fine with where I'm at, because God will meet me exactly where I am. And so I just want to give an example. It's just been tough to really dive into the word. Um, yeah, I'll be the first to admit it. There are times where it's really hard for me to read the Bible, and there was one night, you know, before I went to sleep, like, it was just, like, gnawing at me, where I'm like, oh, you didn't read today. And, you know, Josh is doing a Bible reading plan, and I told him I was 50 days behind, but then I double-checked. I'm actually, like, like 80 days behind. <laughs> so I'm sorry. But um, for the first time ever in that moment, before I went to sleep, I just had this anxiety, like, where I'm like, oh, I need to get up and read, I need to get up and read. But then I was like... Like, this is just kind of where I'm at. And for the first time ever, I just went to God, and I, and I just told him, like, God, like, this is where I'm at. Like, 80 days behind, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and it's hard for me to read the word. For some reason, it's, it's just not exciting, and I can't get things out of it. And that's just where I'm at. And that led me into just praying to God, saying, like, God, give me grace. Like, make the word as sweet as honey. Like, do something about where I'm at to actually bring a solution rather than just forcing myself to do what's good, then forcing myself to do what looks Christian 
like what we were told to do, with no intrinsic motivation, like, and just force myself to do it. And that night, I went to sleep in complete peace without reading the Bible. Okay, but that's, yeah. But anyway, that's besides the point. But I'm just saying, I was able to encounter God in that moment. And I think through that, through me praying that, even though I didn't read that night, the next time I read, that's where I got this message from, Romans 12. And so I was just reading through Romans 12, and literally, like as soon as I started reading, like things would just jump out at me. And I actually really believe that it's because of that night that I prayed, God, give me grace. You know, make the word as sweet as honey for me. Like, give me revelation. And I think that's exactly what he did. And it's, all it took was me just being honest. Like, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not, sorry, I'm not good at public speaking. I just like, felt like it was a conversation. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, And so today, I just want to challenge you guys you know, to just be honest with at least just one area in your life. Maybe it's something you, you've been holding back. Maybe it's something you, you haven't been able to you know, talk to God about. Um, maybe it's like stuff like you know, being a leader is super draining, or that you can't stay focused during worship, or, or you're still having trouble you know, reading the Bible. It, it doesn't matter. I think just ask for his grace in that area, and I guarantee that, that God will meet you exactly where you're at. Um, and so I just want to say the first thing that jumped out at me when I was going through Romans 12, it was literally verse 1. It says in, in the NLT version, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. And immediately I was like, whoa. Like we are to present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. But then there's so many times where we hold back parts of us because we think that God doesn't want it. But he doesn't say, give your bodies to God the, only the good parts as a living sacrifice or as a partial sacrifice. But he says, give your entire bodies to God as a living sacrifice. And so it doesn't matter, even if it's the parts where it's, you know, it's hard to read the Bible, or where the parts where you're like, this doesn't even pertain to Christianity. Like, like I love processes and systems and like operations. Like That's where my mind is at. But give everything to God. Give your creativity to God. That's exactly what he's asking for. And he'll do something with it, even if it's something that's, that's not so good, like me having a hard time reading the word. And I just want to say, there are times you can do things for God without actually being a living sacrifice. I think there's so many times where we do everything. We read this, and we think being a living sacrifice is doing everything that we want to do or we can do, we think that God is asking, asking us to do for him, but that's literally not what he's asking for here. He's asking for you specifically. As a living sacrifice, it means yourself, not just the things that you can do. And so as I was just reading through Romans, um, something, something I realized was actually, I felt like verses 1 through 8, you know, Paraphrase is just simply be who you are and do what you do. It highlights like all the different types of gifts that people have. And then they're not saying like, if you're good at leadership, like work on this. Or if you're good at this, work on that. But they're saying, if you're good at this, just do it. Like, if you're good at serving, like just serve. If you're good at being a leader, take responsibility, be a leader. If you're good at hospitality, you know, keep working at hospitality. And I think it's just showing us where we don't have to be 
quote unquote well-rounded or quote unquote balanced, but we just have to be who we are. We just have to be who God created us to be, where our minds are at, you know, where he put you know, the passions in our hearts for, and that's all we have to focus on because that's literally all that he's asking for. And I feel like we struggle so much because of the culture that we're in right now. And I just feel like there's just like celebrity culture, celebrity pastor culture that um, is just kind of like, it's not a bad thing. You know, people like, like Judah Smith, who is pastoring like Justin Bieber and like whoever else he pastors, Haley Bieber, and <laughs> maybe his mom, Miss, Mrs. Bieber. Like, it doesn't, like, those things are great and all, but then not every single one of us are called to do something like that. You know, not every single one of us are called to be a celebrity pastor. And, and there were times where I wanted to be like that. Like, where I was like, oh, man, if I could just run into Dave Chappelle, he would know God, like, all these things. And, like, I wanted to be like Carl Lentz. I wanted to be like Judah Smith. But then after realizing, you know, a glimpse of the burden that they carry and the pressures that they carry, I'm starting to pray, like, God, like, don't give me any influence at all. Like, that's literally where I'm at right now, where I'm just like, all I want to do is I just want to be a good husband. I just want to be a good friend. I just want to be a good team member. I just want to be a good dad. My aunt's not pregnant. But, <laughs> not yet, but that, that's just like where I'm at right now. Like, I don't, I'm just moving away from, you know, wanting influence. And I, I just want to be good and exactly where God put me at. Um, and I just want to say, you just keep being the best you that you can be. And God will literally use that. Like, Literally nobody else in scripture was perfect other than Jesus Christ. But there's just so many examples of what God can do with someone that's just surrendered to him. And God uses all of them and even the people that don't even want to be used by God. Because he just shows examples of what not to be like. Um, And so I just want to go into this quote real quick. People used to go up to John Wesley and ask, how do you get so many people to come and hear you speak? And the only thing he responded with was this. He says, I set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. I, I know that quote sounds a little weird, but just it's metaphorical. He didn't, he's not a circus guy. He, he didn't actually do that. I set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. I feel like so many things in this world are on skill development, tips and tricks, strategies, programs. And, and to be honest, like, I don't know. I haven't experienced all of them. But when I compare like, all the programs that are here to the examples of revival that we've had, it just doesn't even compare. And if you've been to our gatherings before, we've talked about so many different revivals. And literally, none of those revivals had the things mentioned in the list above. You know, There was no step-by-step program, but instead, what they had were people that were committed to just one area of growth. And that growth wasn't leadership development. It wasn't strategy. It wasn't programs or fellowship events. It was growth in their relationship with God. All they had to do was just set themselves on fire, and people would just come to watch them burn. And that's literally all we are called to do in this moment right now, too. And I think all those programs are great, and I think it's helpful, but I don't think that's the answer. I really think it's just people that are fully surrendered in relationship with God and just wanting to be fully themselves. And I I just want to say, like, 
like firewood doesn't change like when it burns. So it's like, why should we, like why should we expect ourselves to change like when we're on fire? And we got to hear Alan Hood speak recently and this is what he said. He said, when you know God, you start knowing yourself. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are most yourself. That is who God created you to be. He said, I believe God will do wonders with the people that have truly given themselves up to him as a living sacrifice. And I just wish that the conference we went to would just send this message to me because I wanted to preach that here today. I just wanted to just like say it verbatim, but when you know God, you start knowing yourself. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are most yourself. And that is who God created you to be. And this next part, honestly, it might not pertain to every single person, but I just want to go into it real quick. And um, I'm sure not every single person here knows what to do you know, with their lives, has full vision for their lives. And I just want to say this, that's okay. For, for me, I've been struggling with knowing who I am and also a vision for my life on what to do. And, and I just want to say, like, you know, if you aren't struggling through that, just listen anyways and maybe help a friend next time they're going through something like that. Um, so like I said, I, I, I've been struggling with vision. And even as I find out more on who God made me to be, you know, my next question is, like, what am I supposed to do with that? And so I, I did this thing where I, where I asked people, like, God, like, what, I mean, not God, but where I asked people, like, what am I good at? Like, what is something that you see in me? Like, what's something that you could describe me with? And it was, it was things like, you're nice, or like, you're kind, or you're funny, or like, relatable, you're comforting. And then I'm like, okay, so how do I get paid doing that? You know, like, how do I get paid being a kind person? I'm just trying to figure out, like, God made me, like, God, you made me this way, but it doesn't translate into, like, anything, like, career-wise. I don't know what to do for you. And I just want to say that's okay. I, I think, like we were in Hawaii recently for our honeymoon, and, and this is just the kind of like imagery that God gave me. And so um, I promise like it, it all makes sense in here, but we were on a hike. I forget which one it was. I think Diamond Head or something like that. But Hawaii is amazing, by the way. You guys should definitely go. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw it all over social media throughout like this pandemic, but then, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so I was on this hike, and then I was looking up, and I saw the top, like the pinnacle where we're supposed to go. And then I, I just like, I don't know why my brain is like this, but I just like was like, oh, imagine I just walked up this mountain only looking at the top. Like, I would literally die. Like, I would literally go into paths I'm not supposed to go. I would literally be tripping over like every rock, not being able to climb things. And if I'm only staring at the end goal, of where I'm supposed to be, I would literally die. And I feel like that's when God spoke to me, where he was like, it's the same thing with vision. It's okay to not know where you're at right now. It's, it's okay to not know where you're going. It's okay to not know where you're supposed to be. You just got to be faithful, step by step, with me every single day. Because I, I just feel like if God told me the end goal of exactly like what I'm supposed to be doing, with my life, I feel like I would mess it up anyways. Like I feel like I would be striving to try to become that 
or I would be wasting my time idolizing to become the very best whatever it is that he's told me to do and then forgetting you know, relationship with God. Or I'll be trying to take shortcuts to get there as soon as possible and then foregoing the process that God has for me. And so in the same way, if you try to, to go through life looking at the very end goal, you'll die. Okay, you're not going to die, but it's just going to take a very long time to get to where I feel like God wants you to be. And so I, I just want to call up Barry's for worship real quick. Um, I know I'm talking a lot about identity and vision, but at the end of the day, I just want to tie everything into this. You know, no matter where we're at in our walks, no matter where we're at in our journey of identity and purpose, we need to make sure that everything about our being and what we do is rooted in love. Like, I believe the finish line isn't actually to accomplish a bunch of things, but it's really whether we have loved God and his people. That's the greatest commandment that God gave us, to love God and to love his people. And I just want to say this. There's a story about Bob Jones. I don't know if you guys know who Bob Jones is. Um, He's a prophet that passed away. And I don't want to go into too much detail or the theology behind the story. So just like take it for what it is. But there's a story of when, you know, he was still alive. He was in like a near-death experience or like he actually died or something like that. And he had a vision of where he experienced uh, heaven. And so he was in heaven waiting in line, you know, for, for everyone to like go through and meet Jesus face to face. And then, you know, Jesus would ask them a question. And as he got closer, he heard the question that Jesus was asking each and every single person. And he was, ask, he was asking every single person that was online, did you learn to love? It wasn't like, did you serve the church well? It wasn't like, did you read the Bible every day? It wasn't like, how many did you convert to Christ? But it was, did you learn to love? And there's a lot more details for that story, but I, I, I just don't have to get into it. But But the main point of it is love is literally the greatest thing and the only thing. Love God and love people. And I feel like so many times we just compare ourselves to each other on metrics that don't even matter. We tie our value uh, from God into those things and we try to measure and put value to things in like how much he's using us. How many miracles did we see? How much influence do we have? How many things, how many people did we bring to Christ? Like how much impact we had? But to be honest, none of those things are fair for God to judge us on because we didn't choose those things. I feel like a lot of impact is tied to certain things that we can't choose, whether it's like where we're born, the gender that we're born with, well, Maybe that's not a good example in this climate right now, but the gender, the race, the family, the economic status of your family, like whatever it is, you didn't choose those things. So how can, how can it be fair for God to judge how much impact you've had when impact is tied to things you didn't even choose? 
And so what's left for us to be judged on then? It's the measure of love. Did we love well? Like in our family, did we love well? With our friends, did we love well? With the church that we're at, did we love well? That's the only thing that God, that's, that would be fair for us to be judged on. And not every single person is wired like certain people to have you know, strategies and influence to make the bigger impact. And, and so God's not going to judge you on that. You know, God's not going to go up to like an ex-convict who grew up in like the streets, only knowing gang violence, and asking like, why didn't you lead a movement like Billy Graham over here? Like once you put it into that perspective, like when I heard this, like it just blew my mind and, and I, just, I just hope that it's doing the same for you. Like none of those things matter. Like are we loving the people around us right now? Like are you frustrated at someone right now, a friend right now? That's an opportunity to love right there. That's an opportunity to measure how we're doing. Like are we loving the people around us right now? Are we loving God well? And as we love God well and love people well, you know, strategies and opportunities, they, they come. It's just one of those things that it just happens. You don't need to even worry about it. But it comes when you're not actually occupied, preoccupied on those things. And I feel like I'm a prime example. I should literally like never have a reason to preach. Like I am working in human resources and I'm not even like one of the people that talks a lot like in human resources, I'm, a, I'm like an operations, so I'm just like behind a computer all day. Like that's what I do for my job. I, I didn't go to seminary, I'm not a pastor. I didn't go to YWAM, I didn't go to GLDI, BSSM, any of those programs, but here I am like in front of you guys being able to preach something that God is putting in my heart. And this is something like I never asked for. Like, God, I don't want influence. Like, and I know this isn't as much influence as like Drew Smith or like Justin Bieber or whatever, but this is still too much for me to handle. God, like I never asked for this influence, but for some reason, I just love God well. I just love his people. I, like, I just surrounded myself with people that love God. And then for some reason, it just comes. I, I don't even ask for it. And so I just want to say for anyone that's, worrying about impact, that's worrying about influence, like what you want to do for God, like just forget it. Just put your focus back onto God, loving God well, loving people well, and then doing all of that with just being honest with who you are. And I think that's the kind of people that God will use to change a generation. And I just want to say, I think we just grew up thinking we had to change the world, change the course of history, change the earth. But what if God calls us to just change even one person's world? Like, is that enough? Like, can we just love that one person well? And I think that's where our mind has to start shifting to. And so even today, like when I do the call to, you know, like the prayer afterwards, ministry time, like if only even like one person comes up, then I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'll be happy just knowing that I can love this one person while I could pray for them. It doesn't matter if people don't respond, as long as I can just love people well. You know, I'd rather do whatever I can to love the people around me. I'd rather be myself and be a fool and be naive and believe the best in people 
Because when I get to heaven, I don't think God's going to be like, oh, you shouldn't have loved that person. Like, I don't, I don't think God would be like, oh, you shouldn't have believed the best in this guy. Like, I don't think that that's something that he'll say. And so I don't know if it's like I'm naive or like lack of wisdom, but the people in my life, I just want to love them the best I can. I just want to believe the best for them. And I just literally want to be a living sacrifice for God. I want to give him my entire being, and I want to learn to love God and people the best that I can through that process. You know, Alan had talked about this too at that conference, but when you're like 80 and 90 years old, can your heart still be tender for God? Like the way that maybe some of us cried here tonight, like, can we keep doing that? Like in our 50s, in our 60s, in our 70s, that's what we have to look forward to more than the impact that we're going to make. It doesn't matter if we have a, a global ministry or a global impact. If at 70 years old, we're not able to get on our knees because God is touching us, or like because we're encountering God. And so that's where I want to be. I, I want to be 80 years old and still crying my eyes out, getting my eyes all puffy before I preach or something at 80 years old. And so I just want to ask, won't you guys just join me in prayer right now? With our eyes closed and head bowed. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what things we haven't been honest with God with. And I don't know in what way we're holding ourselves back from being a living sacrifice for Him. In what way we're holding back from setting ourselves on fire for Him, to love Him, to love His people. But I know that we all have something. And so I just want to say, let's just take time to just ask God right now for grace to just surrender our entire being to Him as a living sacrifice. And whatever God is revealing in your mind and your hearts right now, don't run from it. I just feel like it's what's going to actually lead to the breakthrough that you're looking for when you start being honest in this area of your life. When you're able to say, God, right now I don't love you. That's what's going to lead into actually loving God when you're honest with yourself. It's not about trying harder. It's not, it's not about striving. It's about surrender. And so I just want to ask, can we surrender ourselves to be a living sacrifice to God today? Can we give our entire being to Him? And through the process, can we just surrender the desire for impact we want to have? And can we trade that for love? Can we trade that desire for impact and influence? And can we trade it for desire to love better? I know we don't have too much room up here, but 
I just want to start inviting people to come up. You know, we have people here that are willing to pray for you, to pray with you, to just love you. And I just want to say these two things. If you need to ask for grace, to be able to surrender yourself because there's things that you can't be honest about, I just want to ask if you guys could just come up. You could stand, you could kneel, it doesn't matter. But just come up and, and just start praying to God and asking for that. And the next call is, if we're at a place where we feel like impact is more important than our, our love, the tenderness of our hearts, I just want to ask you guys to just come up as well. So for grace to surrender our lives and be honest to Him, and also for grace to surrender impact for love, I just want to pray into those two things right now. So just come up. If, you're, if God is leading you in any sort of way, you don't have to hesitate. I just want to pray against shame right now. I just want to pray against guilt. And I just want to leave this invitation for you guys to come up in this moment. to just love on you, to just pray for you. There's no guilt, there's no shame behind this whole thing. We're all struggling through it. Like I've been sharing tonight, I I'm still struggling through it. I'm right here with you guys too. I need help too. There are times where I want influence more than I want to love my friend that's bothering me. And I just want to be honest, that's sometimes where I'm at too. And so I'm right here with you guys. And if we could get just the volunteers and the, the leadership team to just start praying.